A stunning story of a woman's life in polygamy and her deliverance from it. Next on Polygamy, what love is this? Because of the COVID crisis, we have been unable to undertake personal interviews for the past year, year and a half or so. However, we've had the privilege of meeting and getting to know a woman who spent her life in polygamous marriages. Um, and we've and she was married to different men as well in different polygamy groups and having children by them, being used and dreadfully abused by them. And she wants you to know her story. And if you shudder and shake your head during her story, please remember that thousands, untold thousands of women have suffered and are suffering in this same kind of abuse in Mormon polygamy. There should be outrage against such ungodly, deceitful, twisted teaching of Mormon polygamy and its requirement for the eternal life of human souls. So we want to introduce and welcome our guest, Lila Krejci, a former plural wife and member of different polygamy groups. Yes. Thank you, Lila, for coming and sharing. Thank you, Doris. It's a privilege to be here, to be able to be with you. And um, I just wanted to mention that I was in 40 years in at the Mormon church before I came into polygamy. Before you came into polygamy. Yes. And we're so gonna... I have that in my background as well. And which is probably one of the reasons you got into Mormon polygamy was because you've got that Mormon uh, histor historical History. foundation. That's right. That's right. Now, before we get started, mm -hmm. the last two shows that we taped, Karen Bradshaw was our guest co-host as yes. she talked about the AUB. And mm -hmm. we discussed questions that a viewer had asked her about the AUB polygamy group. What mm -hmm. is your relationship to Karen? Karen is my daughter, one of my daughters. Mm -hmm. I have seven daughters and six sons. And Karen is your daughter. Yes. Okay. She so she is from the AUB as you were also in the AUB. Yes. And so both of you are speaking from experience in that particular group. That's true. At, in polygamy. So, right. uh, so Lila, we're not looking for exact timing of every little detail and all of that, but we just want to discuss the events yes. of your life in polygamy and Mormonism and polygamy mm -hmm. um, and the events themselves, which are the focus, of course, of the story. So you were born and raised in, in Salt Lake in the LDS Church, right? You were right. a generational Mormon? Yes, Your I ancestors was. LDS? Yes. Uh, my mother and father were both in the Mormon church. And so I was born and raised in the Mormon church. Did you have polygamist ancestors that you know of? Yes, I did. did. But I, I was kind of, they were shunning away from that, you mm -hmm. know. Um, my dad wouldn't even uh, give me a wedding because he felt like, you know, I wasn't doing it in the temple. I wasn't doing it. I was doing it with this man that had found these books up in the attic, and and his name was Marvin Bradshaw. And so he's the he's the man you married. Yes, he was a Mormon man. He was also an LDS yes. church member. Yes. So so he found these journal of discourses. Is well, he found all these books, these old books, up in the attic, and he came to me and he says, Lila. You fast and pray because there's something I need to share with you. And as he was sharing this information with me, it says, if you have heard any of these things that I am sharing with you, 
and you do not live them, you will be eternally damned. And so it was the right there. I thought, okay, I've already heard it. Now, what's the next step? I don't want to be damned. There's nothing in my life that I wanted more than to be with my Jesus, be with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was always the, the most precious thing in my heart. And I was willing to give up everything and anything I could to get that. And so when he read the Journal of Discourses and these other Mormon historical religious yes. books yeah. and found out that polygamy was required or you'd be damned, yeah. and you thought that was from God, you wanted to please God. Absolutely. So he used that. As a tool, really. It, it, oh, very much so, a tool. Yeah, there's so, so much you were, deception. So, so you were married deception. to him legally, yes. but, uh, but then you, he talked you into and showed you these books so that you would go into polygamy. Yes. That's so um, you, you mentioned that your grandmother warned you against taking yes. this step. What did she say? Oh, she said, um, be real careful because there's a lot of people out there. They're living polygamy. And, and because my husband had never touched me, there was never any natural affection between us. I just thought, oh, you're mistaken. You know, this is not possible. That's how I thought. Mm -hmm. And so I just went forward with going with him because I didn't see anything that would even indicate polygamy. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, a note to our viewers, especially those who may not be familiar with uh, Mormon scriptures, mm -hmm. uh, polygamy is still in the LDS Church's scriptures. They have a, a book called The Doctrine and Covenants, yes. and section 132 deals with polygamy. It's still there. It still warns the people that if you hear this and don't do it, you're damned. I want to read two verses from section 132. Thank you. Verse 4 says... For behold, I reveal unto you a new and everlasting covenant, and if you abide not that covenant, then are you damned. Yeah. For no one can reject this covenant and be permitted to enter into my glory. Now, Joseph Smith claimed that God spoke these words to him, and he put them in, in the Mormon scriptures. Verse 6 says, And as pertaining to the new and everlasting covenant, it was instituted for the fullness of my glory, and he that receives a fullness therefore must and shall obey the law or he shall be damned saith the Lord God so yes. so Joseph Smith said God said yes, yes. thus saith the Lord is yes. what he said yes. and the new and everlasting covenant in section 132 is polygamy yes it's not temple marriage it's polygamy verses 1 and 2 sets the context yes and says that That's is correct. wives and concubines mm. <laughs> what it says Yes. So, so really, it's quite easy for a, a person raised in the Mormon Church mm -hmm. to read their historical and 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 scriptures and find out that polygamy is part of the doctrine. Yes, that's true. And it's you wanted true. to please God. Uh, did you ever wonder why polygamy would be pleasing to God? Um, no, I just knew that it, that that's what it said, and that I had to follow protocol. I had to do whatever I was told to do. Mm -hmm. And I was willing to. And even though it became a very much of a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll so. talk about that nightmare. And that's what we're doing here. So, okay. um, and of course, in the Journal of Discourses alone, 
Mm-hmm. There's dozens and dozens and dozens of sermons mm-hmm. by LDS uh pioneer Mormon LDS leaders yeah. and teachers and presidents uh, expounding on the need for polygamy. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Mm-hmm. It's all there. Okay, so you do anything to please God. So Amen. you followed your husband into polygamy. How did you choose which polygamy group to join? Well, first we were in the Johnson group, what they call the Johnson group. Now the Johnson group is now the, what, the FLDS group uh-huh. now. Okay. Okay, and then um, we ran into... Um, different people that were sharing the keys were not there. And so the keys were very important. Mm -hmm. And so um, we went from there to the All Red Group. Okay. Or the... Because they had the keys. They they had had the the keys. They had the authority. They claimed. And so, you know, and to be married, you have to have the proper authority. Right. Right. So... We went through that. Okay. Um, and also, uh, you mentioned that, that in the FLD, when you were with the Johnson group, they wouldn't let you, they wouldn't let him choose his own uh, polygamy, polygamous wives. They had to let yes, him choose. They, yes, they were talking when we were over there, and they said, um, we have to choose for you. And Marv had already made a decision that I was going to be his wife, and so... He, that was a real no-no for him. He just couldn't accept the fact that they were going to give him another wife or give him who or they wanted. Or give you to another man. Or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the All Red Group, um, the AUB, allowed you to choose your own spouses? Yes, that's, that was more... Yes. So they had the keys, they had the authority, and they let you choose, and yes. so that's why you joined... The, that's why okay. we went in that direction. Um, so how did it affect you when your husband started taking plural wives? Yeah. I just thought, well, this is, this is the way it is. I really did. Yeah. I just thought, well, here we go. And, and after my first child was born, um, he already had someone that he was seeing. Mm-hmm. And it was introducing us to the family, and um, I just accepted it. Did it hurt? Did you feel the jealousy and the pain, or did you stuff it? I probably stuffed a lot of things, but you know, in stuffing things down, instead of releasing it, that causes physical ailments mm-hmm. in our body. Yeah, and so we can't do that. We have got to not stuff things down but just to speak the truth mm-hmm. and um but you didn't know all of that then no that i didn't know a lot back then and so i was just following whatever i i felt in my heart and you can't go by feelings doris i and know we're going to ta- talk yeah. about that we're going to talk about that a little bit later for sure mm-hmm. uh so your husband got to i think his fourth plural wife she was a 13 year old girl and he he actually seduced her before she actually married him. Is that yes? That that is true. And that, that kind true. of was and a that, catalyst for you to. And that really brought a, a lot of situations. I knew that if he had ever broke his covenant, even though it was already broke, but even though he legally broke his covenant, which he did, 
then that would give me a way out. There mm -hmm. was no way out uh, with this uh, polygamy and this celestial marriage. There was no way out because unless they had broke their covenant. Mm -hmm. So when he had done this, and I found out from another, actually the mother and I went to another secretary he had. The mother of the 13-year-old mm -hmm. girl, okay. And we were looking for him, both of them. We were looking for them because there were nowhere to be found. And the mother was extremely worried. And so um, we went and asked the secretary and um, Carol says, have, have you ever been intimate with Marvin Bradshaw? And he, she just kicked her chair back and says, well, of course I have. You know, like, isn't, isn't this just something that, that we we're do? supposed to do? <laughs> oh, dear. Well, that was the first time that I ever had an encounter with that. Mm -hmm. So that was my way out at that point. Okay. So other than that, was he a good and loving husband and father, other than the polygamy? Um, Marvin was, um, he did his best as far as providing. He had his garden. He did a lot of gardening. And uh, that's how we lived, is off the land. Mm -hmm. But um, there was a lot of abuse in this marriage, uh, battering of the babies and control. Mm -hmm. control and I was so mind controlled with the situation that and it's so f much in fear that my children would be battered because I tried to stop him in many instances and it only grew ten times worse mm -hmm. okay. and um, yes even now it's very hard to talk about it because it, it, it was so severe and um, all, all, all I did for many years is take my children and, and mend battered bodies. Wow. And it was very, very devastating. And did he abuse you, physically abuse you too? He threatened me with my life. Mm -hmm. If I'd ever say anything or if I ever crossed the lines or if I didn't submit to him. Mm -hmm. He threatened you with that. Mm -hmm. Now, at the time that you decided that that he had broken his covenants and it was your way out. Mm -hmm. You had eight kids under the age of six years old. About that, yeah. A set of twins was among yes. them. That's how yes. you can have that many yeah. under that age group. Karen was a twin and and her her twin. Okay. And then, yeah. Um, so you So you left him. You left yes. your husband? Yes, I did. And, but you wanted to be in a group. You wanted to stay in polygamy? You wanted to be uh, yeah, in a group I thought that it was, had God's authority? Yeah, I thought it was still the correct principle. It was just a sick man. This is what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. I just got the wrong person. And I was always looking for a godly person to come in and fit that uh, position with my children, especially. Yeah. My children were so precious to me. And... Um, to see them battered and hurt and, and wounded like they were and emotionally devastated. Oh, yeah, yeah. The whole thing. Um, so you married a man from the Johnson group then? Is that what you did? You went, Not the Johnson group. Um, we're still in the polygamy with the All Red group. You stayed with the All Red group? Uh, yeah, then I went to Pinesdale. 
Okay. That's where they sent me. Well, well, we'll send you to a safe place mm -hmm. where I'll be away from this other man. And actually, he came with this 14-year-old to try to find me. Your, your husband did? Mm -hmm. And uh, So course, she had turned 14 by then? <laughs> yeah, to... yeah. Anyway, and I think she had had, what, two or three children oh my. by him. Mm -hmm. Uh, before this all was done mm -hmm. and said, but so you married another man in the Pines, Delgado. I misunderstood you. I thought you said you had married someone from the Johnson Group at that point. No. Mm -hmm. But but during this marriage, yes, uh, you learned that a wife was supposed to was required to be submitted to her husband, and you realized you hadn't been submissive properly to submissive to your first husband. So you went back to mm -hmm. him. No, that was the, that was a third. That was a third. Husbands. Okay, I've got yeah. I've gotten your husband's confused yep. then, but the um, the one up there um, in Pinesdale, um, that was Mr. Gerber. Okay, and, and so when you married your second husband, mm -hmm. did you stay in Salt Lake or was that up in Pinesdale, Pinesdale. Montana? We moved up there from Salt Lake to Pinesdale, mm -hmm. and. Actually, um, my husband was living in Salt Lake, and then he had built a home up there in Pinesdale. And um, I took my money from the home that I had in Salt Lake. I took it, and I gave it to the brethren up there so I'd have a place to live. And even on the records, it was uh, that I had legally had a house, a legal home and uh, it was on the records but then they had taken when we went up to check the records they had taken and changed the records from Alila Bradshaw to a Larry Bradshaw so that so they took your home from you yes yes they did and Karen mentioned and when we were talking last time about them stealing widows houses mm -hmm. You know, and of course, you weren't a widow at that point, but it just as, might as well have been. Mm -hmm. um, and that's one way that they would cheat and steal from their members. Yeah, and then they took, you know, used all our the food stamps. I had food stamps, and I had given them everything that I had, so that we'd have food, that we'd have a place to live, and then everything was unjust, very unjust mm -hmm. in that marriage. And uh, there was a lot of things that were totally. Uh, out of balance. Now, comparing that marriage to the the first marriage, uh, where you, w during the polygamous years of your first marriage, mm -hmm. um, was there a whole lot of difference between the way your husbands treated you? Oh yeah, there was uh, quite a bit of difference, and yet there was uh, there was still the abuse. There was still the abuse to the children. Uh, Both men were abusive yes, to you and the children. Yes. Yes, they were. Was your second husband physically abusive to you? Yes, he was. And that's where, I mean, he, at one point, finally, he, he had hit me in the chest and knocked me over in the front of his first wife and um, called me some names. And um, it was at that point that the Holy Spirit just fell over my life and I just... There was no way that I was going to live with him or be with him again. Mm -hmm. So I told him when he came upstairs to be with me the following night, I says, Mr. Gerber, you belong downstairs with your wife. 
Mm, okay. And that that really had severed my heart, and and, and then it was just like. I'm listening to the Lord. I am going so to he didn't, find he, a way of escape. Did he force you in any way at that point to submit to him? Well, by force. I mean, we were forced to get up. We were forced to go to work. We were forced to take care of his business, his jobs. So would you say that the general idea with the AUB, with your husbands and with the community itself, that women are second-class citizens that maybe were just commodity rather than <coughs> equal partners? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. They bar they bar bargain with the women and their lives and the children? Well, you know, there was a lot of times where we tried to work together, but with the first wife not really agreeing with the, the principle in itself. Mm -hmm. And then it made it very hard to be a second wife because mm -hmm. when I was a first wife, I just gave it all. Mm -hmm. And I was very acceptive to the other women. And, and that's rare, want. though, in polygamous marriages. That's, that's true. Rare. That's true. But that's how I was. I had a heart for the people, a heart for a loving people. And I've just always loved. It didn't matter where they were, what they were involved with. I loved people. And so I think the Lord really, um, he really wants people to know that they are loved mm -hmm. by him, by Jesus, right? not by... Sadly, the, the New Testament teaches that a husband is supposed to love his wife the way Christ loves the church, but we don't see that in polygamy groups at all. And I wasn't told that either. Now you, of course not. <laughs> now you mentioned... You, you submit to your <laughs> husband in all things. Yeah. Stop. Right. Nothing else was said. It didn't say love, love your wife, part, even right. as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Mm -hmm. Now, the husband I'm married to at this present time, he does that. Mm -hmm. He is very loving, it's very nice. kind. I'm glad that you found yeah. that. I'm glad you found that. Now, we briefly went over the feelings thing. Let's look at it more closely now. You okay. said that you felt that you were supposed to do certain things and mm -hmm. and, and and the the feelings were the moving force in your decisions yes uh, not fact and not the Bible and not comparing contradictory teachings but the feelings would you explain what kind of feelings you acted upon were they fear joy burning in the bosom guilt what, what? there was a feeling that came down from the top of my head and into my heart. And there was great peace and love and all the good feelings you would have. Mm -hmm. And that's why I entered into that mm -hmm. and stayed with that first marriage as long as I did. Because you've had that particular feeling. Yeah, of and, course. and I thought it was from God. Yeah. Oh, so oh, that yeah. was yeah. really important to me. But you didn't know Second Corinthians chapter 11. No where it tells us that Satan counterfeits yes, uh, the angel of light. He transforms himself into an angel of light. And, and his, his workers, the devil's workers, actually transform themselves into workers of righteousness. And so, That's and he true. can give you fuzzy-wuzzy feelings, yeah. the good feelings, you know, yeah. to where you think. And, and it's great deception. It is, it is, it is totally it is. a great deception it's, in that area. It's absolute, it's absolute uh, deception. Um, so, uh, with with the Bible, with Christianity, true Christianity, we're supposed to rely upon the facts mm -hmm. 
and on our faith, our faith in the facts, and our yes. feelings kind of travel back behind there somewhere, you know, but yeah. they'll catch up sooner or later. But yeah. it's the facts, and God gives us the facts in the Bible. He does. He gives us, and the Bible is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Since I have learned all these different scriptures and studied a lot more, I've just spent the rest of my life, once I was free, just studying the Word. And, yeah, and, and it's been and wonderful. next time we're going to talk about how you got out and, and what happened that helped you to get out. And more of your story, mm -hmm. because you still have another marriage that we're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible, um, of course, is our moving force as Christians. And it, it never will um, deceive us and, and uh, counterfeit uh, anything, you know, that isn't the right thing. It'll, it never right. counterfeits anything because it is the genuine truth. Absolutely, it is. And yet they're, we're told they are only um, as the Bible is translated correctly. Mm -hmm. And that's that little glitch in there Yeah, that it says, okay, well, if we're not going to believe that, then we'll just set the Bible aside and we'll go with the Book of and Mormon. we will determine what's translated correctly and what isn't. Yeah. And, and God never made us his editor, ever. Mm, that's true. That's so oh, true. Okay, so we'll start next time. Uh, we're out of time for now, so we'll start next time with the rest of your story. I want to thank you for coming and sharing. Thank you, Doris. And uh, we'll, we'll talk with you again uh, next time about the rest of your story. Um, I'd like to close with some comments about Peter, a disciple in the New Testament, a writer in the New Testament who tells us that we are not to depend upon experience to determine truth. He said that we're to depend upon the written word of God alone. And Paul the Apostle tells us that we're to depend upon the Bible only to determine truth and the accuracy of what we are being taught. Mormonism depends on feelings and experiences and non-biblical prophets. They act on what they feel in their hearts, but the Bible teaches us that our hearts are deceitful and wicked. Unless we have been given a new heart by God, the Holy Spirit, we cannot depend on our hearts to lead us into God's will. But God has not left us without his truth and his witness to it, nor has he provided multiple and contradictory sources of truth. There's only one truth, and it is Jesus as revealed in the Bible. If you want the truth, study Jesus. Part two of Lila's story next time. Thank you for watching. This has been the audio podcast of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. Polygamy, What Love Is This? is produced by A Shield and Refuge Ministry. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at whatloveisthis.tv. If you have any questions or need help getting free from Mormon fundamentalism, write us at contact at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 1-800-877-425-9993.